0: You're listening to e-commerce marketing school presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. You know what the biggest problem is with influencer marketing? Finding creators. You gotta search and scroll through thousands of them before you find them that makes sense. Not anymore. Hashtag Paid is the first matchmaking tool for brands and creators. All you got to do is build your campaign and Hashtag Paid is going to pair you with 10 creators who show interest in your brand. They'll even send you mini pitches to help you pick your final roster. From there, you just hit the launch button. See which content creators are waiting to connect with you. Sign up at the link in the show notes. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to be back today with Kelsey Burdett, who runs partnerships over at Hashtag Paid. Kelsey's neck deep between brands and creator marketing. And I'm excited to make her a recurring guest on the show. Hopefully she'll come back. There's just so much to explore in the the world of creator marketing. And today I want to dive specifically into some of the non-obvious stuff. I want you to walk away with tactics and examples of how other brands are taking creator posts one step further. So Kelsey, I'm pumped to have you here.
1: Oh, Ben, I'm pumped to be here. I'm a big fan of the pod, so this is great. Awesome. So tell us
0: about you. You, You've got an interesting background in commerce. I know you were at Shopify and a couple other places. Like, yeah, who are you?
1: Yeah, so um, I'd be lying if I told you I came out of the womb excited about APIs and tech in general, so not my thing. But I found myself at school in Ottawa Landed a job at Shopify, I didn't even know what e-commerce was at a high level, let alone talking, you know, to CTOs about all kinds of tech integrations. Ended up staying there for four years and loved every second of it. I've never actually done the math, but I bet you I've worked with definitely thousands, if not tens of thousands, of e-commerce brands over the years. And I became obsessed like probably unhealthily obsessed with these brands and their stories and and seeing how people were growing without even intentionally growing the way that they were. And this was like the big e-commerce boom. So it was just exciting and fun and it was anyways, it was great. And so I did that for four years, and decided that I wanted to get into capitalization and growth capital because I saw all of these small brands struggle when they were bootstrapped and they had so many big ideas and couldn't take advantage. So I actually moved over to ClearCo, providing marketing capital to all of these brands and their agency partners, and Hashtag Paid was a partner of ours. And so started consulting with them on the side, evenings and weekends, building out what a partner program might look like for them. And fast forward two and a half years, here we are.
0: Wow. And so you, while you were at ClearCo, you're kind of feeding brands capital, and you're seeing that they're starting to spend more and more on creative marketing. Great way to, to find your next gig. I, I love that. Uh, <laughs> the so that's, inside that, scoop. That's yeah. clear why, why you joined. So yeah, fill us in. What, what's been going on over at Paid the last couple of years?
1: Yeah, I'm going to assume that most of the people listening aren't super familiar with Hashtag Paid. So at a super high level, uh, we're a creator marketing platform. We're essentially a marketplace that pairs brands with creators that already want to work with them. And then part of what I find so exciting is that we put the control back in brands' hands to distribute that content however they see fit. And so our roots, we were a managed service agency agency eight long years ago, back, like, if you think of what social media was eight years ago, completely different world. And we were selling to really large brands. Our enterprise engine is still rolling and it's doing great. And they're figuring out new ways to extend creator marketing with these massive budgets, huge customers, things like that. Where I get the most excited is on the platform side of our business, selling to these SMBs. And... We're in full-blown brand education mode, teaching people how to think bigger about creative marketing. A lot of the stuff we'll talk about today, teaching people how to measure and attribute revenue from creators. That was never a thing before. So anyways, I could talk all day about that, but I'll try to keep it succinct.
0: No, I love it. Like that's why why you're here, right? I I also need to learn. We do a little bit of creator marketing on the privy side, but we're we're B two B. But I I just see it with with all the merchants that I I work with. So I'd love to to dive into it. I think we have done a few episodes on like high level kind of one on one level stuff. So hopefully people are primed. But the topic for today that we're going to cover is like. What do you do with this content really? And my naive takeaway is that most of these relationships end up with, you know, a single or a handful of organic posts that the creators publishing to their feeds.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? But like what can you do to to take things further? And would love like some real examples that that you think are interesting.
1: I have more examples than we have time for. I was actually, I was just thinking, I wrote out a list of all the different ways that I would want people to use creators. It was a list of like 15 things right off the bat. So I've, I've trimmed it down. Don't worry for everyone listening. It's not going to be that long. Um, we're going to cover three main buckets and a couple of nuances within them, if that's cool with you, especially with an eye towards BFCM, which I know probably sounds a little crazy to talk about in August, but it's time to start prepping for that stuff. So first things first is email. You think creators, you think social media, you're probably not thinking email marketing, but I'm telling you, this is the industry's best kept secret. In fact, this time last year, literally 365 days ago, we had a brand called Misa come in. They're a smart home thermostat. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. But they had a really cool objective where they're like, look, we know in the next couple of months, every brand in our space is going to be pushing a ton of ad dollars into paid social and CPMs get wild, attribution gets really difficult, especially with all the iOS updates, so on and so forth. They said, we're going to hack the system. Instead, in August, September and October, we're going to focus all of our creator efforts on driving mailing list subscriptions. So when BFCM comes around, we push one free email out to our entire mailing list and we're going to see if we can drive purchases that way and not play the game that is Facebook ads and blowing through a ton of dollars. And so everyone loves numbers. I've been in e-commerce long enough. I know that numbers, the stories don't mean anything if the numbers aren't there. So just one little tidbit here, they ran the campaign for about two months, they drove hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of signups from a single campaign, which is wild in itself. That's a success. If that wasn't enough, they did a test in a control group. So the test was the creator email signups, you know, who are these people versus the control of their standard signups. Their standard signups converted at just under 17% to purchase. The creator segment was 53.5%. Wow. Are you kidding? That's
0: like almost three, three times. I want to make sure I understand this. So the creator was, you know, promoting the brand, but instead of driving it to like the Shopify store, it was some sort of email capture landing page or form or
1: Two things, actually. So um, I have some tips around this that I'll go through in just a second to make it that much juicier. No, 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 it's all good. So landing page is super valuable. The other thing is just having the pop up, you know, a little something about this (laughs) on an e-commerce site and um, and capturing emails that way. And that way, if people do want to purchase on the spot, amazing, let's let them do that. But again, the, the real objective was driving those email signups.
0: That's interesting, yeah. So it's almost just like a simple reframing of the primary success metric here and did the creator actually say anything about email like joining the list or
1: yes so that was the call to action the cta uh how you sweeten this deal so my advice if it were me with an e-commerce brand heading into bfcm how would i set this up i would do some sort of gift with purchase. I would do a giveaway. I would have some sort of carrot to dangle to get people to look out for my BFCM email and then ultimately sign onto the the mailing list. So I would add a little something something to sweeten the deal. And I would probably drive them direct to the website, get them to sign up with my pop-up. And what we found is even when we've done partnerships with Sambler, for example, where you're actually having people register to get free product, Those campaigns do astronomically better than the ones that just say, oh, go purchase on our site. So I would encourage every brand, be a little bit more strategic and play the long game. Fill the top of the funnel so that you can convert when it matters.
0: I love that. Yeah. I mean, taking it one step further, you could even... So if the creator's putting a specific trackable link to drive to the site, you could actually target a specific pop-up to that audience that references the creator that sent them there in the pop-up on top of your own website
1: as an example i think you read my next point
0: (laughs) no i don't even i don't have your notes in front of me i'm just
1: joking i'm just joking no you're so right i actually have to pull it back a little bit because the idea of personalization i mean we look at the data Anytime a buying experience is personalized, our AOVs go up and our conversion rates go up. If we spend an extra two seconds adding in some personalization into our customer journey, we will reap the benefits for months to come, especially in the e-commerce Super Bowl that is BFCM.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's a really subtle difference in creator content. I like it.
1: Right, you've already got the content. You might as well use it. Okay, let's move on. So step number two, I have self, coined this term. I don't know if this exists elsewhere, so I'm not going to take credit for it if it does. It's what I'm calling the creator-guided customer journey. And so it's something I talked to Nick Sharma about, and it's something I've seen in Market Pieces. And I think there's brands that are doing 75% of what's possible, but I think there's potential to take it even further. So what do I mean by the creator-guided customer journey? It starts with creator posts, Organically on their own feed. People see this content for the first time. They get familiar with the brand, the story, whatever, whatever. Then there's a term called creator licensing. You may know of it as whitelisting. What this means for everyone that doesn't know is you're setting up your ad in meta instead of that ad coming through your brand's Facebook page or meta page, it's coming through the creator's identity. This is something that hashtag paid enables for our customers. So it's something we see a lot of people take advantage of. So you're running these creator licensed ads If I'm a customer or a prospect at this point, I'm seeing an influencer or a creator I already trust, they're posting about the brand. Then I'm seeing them in this content You know, showing me a demonstration video of the product, for example, or highlighting some sort of attribute on the product. And I'm seeing that across channels. I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to get really familiar. Then what happens when you direct these prospects to a customized landing page with that creator's content and their story or their message, and then you're directing them to a product page with that um, content, I should say. And I have to shout out Thrive Market because they do such a killer job of collection pages and they have creators actually build or select of their catalog which products they want to promote so if you're directing someone to a landing page or to one of these collecting collection pages it's just it makes so much sense to me and then as if I hadn't already talked about email enough what happens post-purchase you send them an email with the creator posting about the content how to use it what you can expect what are next steps so on and so forth you've just got a completely customized buying experience.
0: I'm actually taking notes because like, this is exactly why I wanted to bring you on here. Like, I think this is that next level on the creator marketing side that I think is going to spur all sorts of ideation and go way beyond just like pay someone and they post about your brand.
1: Oh man. Maybe we do a whole episode on like the past, present and future of creator marketing. I have a whole lot. That's a
0: good topic. That's (laughs) a great topic. I love that. So you call that the creator guided customer journey?
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. What was the third that you want to talk about today?
1: Yeah. So this one's a bit of a cop out. I'll be straight up about this. I looped it under messaging or outsource marketing, for example, but they're all like a little different. And so I think my goal with this last section here before we wrap up is not that you'll do all three at once, but that maybe you pick a version of what I'm talking about and apply it, or at least test it with your own businesses. So I'll tell you a couple stories. So the first one is actually a brand I worked with for a very, very long time. Um, they're called Imperfect Foods. They're a meal subscription delivery service.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's like the fruit that's like, you know, it's like the ugly fruit.
1: The ugly right? fruit. Yeah. Isn't that they imperfect? need love too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey,
0: they're just as delicious.
1: Exactly. So, so this brand, it's close to my heart because it's environmentally friendly. It's healthy food. It's like it's representative of what I think a lot of these brands should be striving for. So love the company in general. They got a bunch of funding and they got a little pressure from their board. They said that this cross-section between healthy eaters and environmentally conscious people is really narrow as far as the target market goes. And they think that they were leaving money on the table by not expanding their target market. Imperfect Foods comes to us and they're like, okay, great. Now we know that. But like, This is what we've been doing up until this point. We don't know how to expand. And that's where they were able to use hashtag paid. They launched a super vague brief, right? Here's our product. Here's our value. We're open to any type of creator. We're open to any messaging, any type of content. They got back dozens and dozens of hand raises from people outside of their original target market. And I'm so proud to say at this point, from that initial campaign where they expanded their reach, 90% of all of the creators they've contracted beyond that point have been outside of this health conscious, environmentally conscious creator. Wow. Like That is so exciting to me. You have this testing ground or this focus group of people that will come do the heavy lifting for you. And all you have to do is give them the thumbs up.
0: Yeah. It's also really interesting because I think at a certain point when a brand's looking for growth, you're nervous to go maybe outside what you already know or or where the brand resonates, but a little bit of testing sounds like it was really impactful for them.
1: Maybe testing would be a better name for this category. Yeah. yeah, (laughs)
0: That's probably probably an easier way to describe it, I think, but I like that a lot. I feel that. that.
1: Yeah. So, so here's another one. Um, when it comes to authentic storytelling, I almost hate using the word authenticity when it comes to creators because influencers have such a bad reputation. Everyone's had a bad experience with them about them being inauthentic. But in this case, this is super powerful. So there's a menopause product. They're called Kindra. They promote, you know, they say like, oh, we help with sleep. We help with hot flashes. We help with hormone imbalances. You name it you might not typically think of influencer marketing as viable channel for menopause product where most of their customers are like 50 plus, for example. And uh, we were able to prove them wrong, not only prove them wrong in terms of the age group that was interested in working with them, but they got a hand raised message back from our platform. And it was a woman who said she was a cancer survivor a combination of the chemotherapy and her menopause symptoms had caused her to not sleep through the night in two Years. Wow. Okay. I can't imagine that for a human being. Yeah. And that testimonial content and that lens of chemotherapy and the cancer patients and this being a solution, not just for menopause, but for the combination of symptoms was so powerful. And then that testimony has so much more weight because it's not coming from the brand, it's coming from the creator. And that yeah. testimony can live in ads on websites, in FAQ pages, even on like sponsorships and collaborations they do with other companies. That's a great way. For for Kendra to tell their story without saying, hey, look at us, we're so great.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of just like speaking to the power of not chasing a big name influencer, but taking the time to find someone who really is moved by the brand story, connects to it, and can speak to it in a way that's no BS.
1: No BS. If I had a dollar for every time I had a brand come in, wanting the biggest possible creator they could afford, I'd be very, very rich. And I can tell you if it were me spending my own money, That is the last thing I would do. Smaller, more authentic fit will go further than a bigger audience.
0: And so they're, like you mentioned, they got a hand raise. So that's, I just assume, inside hashtag paid, you're able to search for what you're looking for?
1: Bingo. So you'll submit the parameters, the brief, essentially, of what you're trying to get across then our network of 70,000 creators is shortlisted to the creators that actually match your hard-coded criteria. And then all of those creators get to review your brief and they decide, is this a fit? Do I want to work with this brand? And if so, what types of content do I have in mind? What concept am I thinking about and brainstorming? That's what they pitch to the brand. And then of those messages, Kendra would then get to come in and say, oh, this is such a great story. I want way more content from this person versus someone that just said, hey, I'm interested.
0: Wow. Love it. (laughs) Great. Good
1: stuff. Okay, we're almost done, Ben. I promise we'll bring this one home. The final one may seem very obvious, but for some reason, a lot of brands are still investing a ridiculous amount of money into physical photo shoots where they're hiring models and they're going on site. They're flying people halfway across the country, especially in times of COVID. Which I don't want to say that word, but here we are. Just the logistics, how much more difficult this has been. We had a, a company called Aco Brands. They came to us and they're like, look, we could do this the hard way, or we could just hire a bunch of different content creators to produce actual branded content, not necessarily with the creator in the the shop, but just right. in different kitchens, in different living rooms, in different spaces, and then use that product content in their ads, product pages, you name it, even catalogs for wholesale, for example, just a way cheaper way and more efficient way of getting diverse branded content versus the traditional method.
0: Interesting. So almost like You're able to get an army of people creating product photography or or videography for you through creators as opposed to the one style that you would do it yourself if you were trying to do this in-house
1: okay real real case study from the other day i was on the phone with an agency and they had 1500 images from a single photo shoot that's a lot of images of which they could use six because all of them had 50 iterations of the same shot it's like
0: yeah I would that's pull my hair out too. Yeah. No, I love that. I, almost just reframing like how to use these creators uh, as opposed to like purely for their their audience. Obviously, that's a benefit, but it could fuel a lot more for the brand. I like that.
1: Totally. So I know we covered a lot of ground, but I hope somebody finds a little nugget in there somewhere to implement this year. I feel like this is just scratching the surface.
0: No. I, I mean, I. I wrote down a ton of notes. I'm gonna ask you to share your notes with me too because there was a lot of gold in this episode. So Kelsey, really, really appreciate you coming on and I'm excited. Uh, We've got a lot lot more episodes lined up together uh, leading up to Black Friday.
1: Awesome, thanks for having me, Ben.
0: Yeah.